0: Attention all units, attention all units. This is Megan from the Dub Talk HQ. Be on alert as we have a rampant criminal out in our system. They may be using strong language that may not be suitable for all audiences, so officers' discretion is advised. They may also be throwing out spoilers as they are high as fuck on Anthem right now. So I think their mutation may have messed things up, and if you are afraid of spoilers for up to episode 4 of Double Decker, Uh, come back and see us at another time, or
1: maybe take a different case.
0: And finally, uh, remember whatever you say can be used in a court of law, so it reflects you and not the rest of us here at Dub Talk HQ as a whole. Uh, that being said, uh, since I have the mic, yeah, uh, a couple of y'all are nasty, and our locker room looks awful. I think I found a live goat in Hardy's locker. Uh, I don't even want to know what type of body pillow Andrew's got in there. And yeah. Yeah, uh, guys, I found a full on sandwich in one of your lockers. Uh, that being said, uh, I guess enjoy the show and y'all nasty.
2: Hello and welcome to Dumb Talk, where a group of cops waste your hard earned tax dollars talking about English subs for anime. I go by the code name Jet, and tonight I'm joined by Agent Coolie there Ha 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 ha! I've got a gun! Agent Lilac.
1: What? who who gave this idiot a gun? <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> like why? I don't understand. Someone take this gun away from this child! Shh! <laughs> Bang bang into
0: the room!
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and lastly, we have Agent Roots of Justice.
3: Wow, these things are regulation. <laughs> I could do some damage. Oh God, not
1: not you two, not you two! Please no. Jet I y. fight for the honor of Gritty, our true <laughs> Lord and Master. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, damn it! Officer Gritty tells me to shoot things. Please yep.
2: no. <laughs> oh <laughs> boy. Like so, um, so uh, if you can't tell by our tone, we are here to kick off our fall 2018 Sabbath of Discussions. Woohoo! Uh, with the spin uh, off to Sunrise's hit series, Cyber Money. Double Decker, Doug, and Corrill.
0: I hope there is as much porn of Double Decker, Doug, and Corrill as there is Tiger and Bunny. God damn it! Yes! <laughs> I forgot that was a thing I did. I've, oh, I God! Mean, Tiger and Bunny is like the forever fountain of... I mean, maybe. I,
2: <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe but you're literally doing like six years worth of that, so... Oh Wait, lost- what? <laughs> Uh, no, I, said there's, I said there's, like, six years worth of that now, so good luck. <laughs> Alright, um, so... I mean, when he does uh, them, so, they can just
0: call it double-decking. Uh, oh my god, oh, wow.
1: Oh <laughs> I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read, where's my Haik- haikus? I'm gonna read the wonderful haiku... That I made for this, and talk about the different fucking sandwiches <laughs> again. I'm sorry. I know, I know Roots and Megan have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. What?
3: <laughs> I have vague knowledge of what's to come.
1: <laughs> so, because because the plan is at the time of recording this, the plan is to start hinting at the see the the, the the stuff we're covering this season. So I made haikus for every single series that we're covering. So here's double deckers, okay? Cheesecake, lobster roll, patty melt, chili burger, BLT, and hero. <laughs> I don't get it.
3: <laughs> hero.
1: <laughs> sandwiches.
2: Yeah, they're sandwiches, you know. Jet gave me, me the idea when
1: we, before we were recording uh, Higarashi the other night. <laughs> I'm like, ha ha.
0: Is it bad that whenever you said I have haikus to write, I thought you said I have haikus to write? I almost
1: keep saying haiku all the time now. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway,
3: Jack. We have
2: all been tainted. Damn you, volleyballing boys! Okay, uh, so we should probably get to describing what we're actually talking about. Yes, we should. Uh, So, going off the synopsis by Funimation... Uh career vobral, god, I'm never gonna be able to pronounce that last name correctly. Uh <laughs> neither is just an average, Yeah, it's just an average detective looking to prove his worth as a hero. Uh, but when he meets up with Doug Billingham of the 7-0 unit, he gets a chance to show his stuff. Literally. <laughs> the other two will work closely together to face users of the deadly drug anthem and protect the city state of Lizavella. Can his veteran rookie team clean up the streets, or are they bound to make more of a mess? Damn, yeah, he's sh- Yeah, that's...
0: <laughs> yeah, showed a bunch of people something in episode one. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, now, I kind of know this already, obviously, but for the sake of any, uh, potential first-time viewers here, uh, what is everyone's familiarity with Tiger and Buddy?
1: Gee, I wonder, Jet. Huh.
2: Huh. <laughs>
0: I'm the only person who actually has to explain why the fuck she's here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, in case you guys f- in case you can't tell guys, if you watched the classics episode for Tiger and Bunny, 3 out of the 4 of us were on the fucking episode.
0: <laughs> I'm here because I've watched at least half of Tiger and Bunny in the Japanese, but I'm also a raging Fujoshi, therefore my qualifications speak for themselves. Yeah. facts. <laughs> <She sucks. laughs>
2: Yeah, so, yeah, she barely made it into the club. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Congratulations! I've seen Barnaby do things to Kotetsu!
2: <laughs> yes!
0: Kotetsu, Kotetsu is not on top a lot. I'm sorry, y'all.
2: No, of course he's not.
1: <laughs> We're talking about the logistics of this right now?
2: Yep. Oh, that Lord. man is too much of a disaster would ever be top.
0: Okay, look, let's just place <laughs> it out here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Kirill is... T- <laughs> God damn it! Kirill is too stupid to have sex, in my opinion.
1: I think he, he honestly
0: would, is! Honestly, I feel like he would he get is. into the moment and then just fuck it up. He would. He honestly would fuck it up. He would fuck it up. Um, Kirill asks what color the pink panther is.
3: <laughs> What's the plural of tortilla? God, you're so stupid. Take off your shirt, bam, bitches.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> there are like five people who don't know what that means. Like there are like ten. Oh god. <laughs> Real talk. I'm done. I'm done. So I flirted with Roots by sending him Devil Man Cry Baby memes with that that wording oh, on it. God. <laughs> Because that's Rio and <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Of course.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, at least three out of us have watched yeah, I have. Someone it. here needs to. Whoops. I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> Why don't dun, we walk? Dun, dun, dun. All right. I'm gonna walk my way into letting Jet host this again. So, Jet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whoops.
2: Okay. Yep. So I guess we will uh, get into the nitty gritty here. So as always, let's kick things off with our ADR director and our scriptwriter. So did anyone have predictions for these? Yes.
0: I did. Ha! I'm Cletus, and I take uh, Anthem. God okay. God
2: so, so. Okay. So We're in for a fun uh, night, guys. Okay. So Megan, would you like to go first?
0: <laughs> sure. Why the fuck not? Uh. So I had two director predictions and two writing predictions. Um, one of my director predictions, uh, is because this person said that a show he was working on, he already had the materials for, and when I learned that Double Decker was going to be a, uh, same-day dub, um, we, I think, originally thought it was going to be longer than it was, like, the first three episodes were same-day for this, and then four got delayed about a week. So, originally, I thought one of my directors was going to be Clifford Chapin, um, because of that, and B, I felt like this was a show that mixed a little bit of drama and comedy. Uh, I obviously did not know of other things for an episode I'm not on, but for a show I am immensely enjoying and enjoying the dub of. My other prediction was Jerry Jewell, because okay. I didn't really... God, because he did Connor uh, receive in Summer, and I don't remember what he did in Summer besides yamato
3: that may have been it i think i want to say so
0: i didn't really know what he was doing and i've genuinely enjoyed a lot of jerry jewel stuff especially like yamato recently so i I wanted to see what he could do with this series and then for writers i put Clayton browning or jessica cavanaugh because those are just the first two people that really Mm -hmm. popped into my head
2: okay
3: uh roots Okay, so, word of warning, my predictions get weird. Tell me
0: more, tell Um, me more.
2: Oh, uh, God. uh, God. Don't worry, (laughs) don't worry, mine also get weird. (laughs)
3: Um, I had done mine under the assumption that Funimation might account for the event of crossing over into Tiger and Bunny somehow. So, I didn't actually predict. Funimation themselves would be dubbing this. I I had assumed it would be moved to, like, Ochretron or something like that. So, my director prediction was Ian Sinclair.
1: Interesting.
3: Okay. okay. And as for scripts, because it was... It was kind of a buddy cop comedy. I had thought either Jared Hedges or Clint Bickham. Huh,
2: I mean, okay. Um, Steph?
1: Okay, so, there are two things I did with my, because I have three for each here, uh, there are two things I did specifically with my director predictions. Um, I took into consideration that considering Double Decker is a Sunrise series that it's probably one of the bigger ones that are, that's going to be probably very popular this season. Uh, my first two predictions for director um, were directors that hands down I know who, who would be capable of pulling this one off, those being Mike McFarlane and Clifford Chapin. My third choice though, I decided, you know what? I'm curious to see what this person can do if given a very heavy action oriented show that's from a huge studio like this like a huge studio like this, big company and things like that only to see something different not than the typical action stuff that we normally will see in our dubs net right now I actually had Kyle Phillips as my third choice
2: okay that's fair Uh,
1: writer wise I went with three writers who I've either seen write similar for similar shows before or who I would be very curious to see write for this kind of show so I have Caitlin Barr, Jared Hedges and Jeremy Kratz.
2: Okay. Um. As for me, so uh, because I knew this was based off of Tigran Buddy, and I thought Crunchyroll, you know, Crunchyroll might take that into account. I had two lists of predictions. One in the event it was a Kali dub, and one in the event it was a Funimation dub.
3: Because Jet prepares himself, ladies and yep. gentlemen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, to I prepared
3: too, but I was lazy prepared.
2: <laughs> Yeah. No,
1: he, Jed is not like us plebeians who will only default for Funimation.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, okay, yep, so in case of California break glass, I figured they would go back to Cudiopolis. So, of course, I went with the same ADR staff for Tiger and Buddy, that being Sudan, Suzanne Goldish for the director and Ardright Chamberlain for the scripts. Alongside alongside Lucian Dodge, because I know from Bugo's Stray Dogs that he can can do comedy pretty well, so why not? Um, And of course, in the event of Funimation, I figured, okay, this might be considered a quote-unquote big show. So I said either Caitlin Glass or Mike McFarlane, because you know Mike McFarlane hasn't really gotten to do many big shows outside of sequels recently, Mm -hmm. so why not? And for scripts I and for scripts I was like, okay, who's done a good buddy cop ish thing before and uh, stuff like who and came to mind so I said Emily names. okay uh, And of course and now getting into who's actually doing things here uh, for our ADI director, we have one Mike McFarland who has finally been let out of music I Joe. who is
0: finally getting to escape the walls from the titans at last after 10,000 years I'm free okay you guys have all seen Hunchback of Notre Dame right yes you know when the one guy gets out of the stocks and immediately gets put into the next like thing (laughs) oh my god so Tim like
3: oh and he falls in the sewer.
0: It's basically uh, okay. So it's basically he gets out of the walls and falls in the sewer for Ragnarok. It gets out, uh, gets out of that, and then falls in the cage because it's Tokyo Ghoul season two, re season two. <laughs> <laughs> you right? Look, I Dang it! I love Tokyo Ghoul dearly, but Jesus Christ, Perot is trying to speed run an adaptation. It really is super anime is done quick as done by Perot. Please stop. Just leave the sex scene in it.
2: Yes. <laughs> I want an entire episode
0: dedicated to Kaneki and Toka fucking! <laughs> Just so, like in the manga! Hello, oh s- my god.
3: Hello, I'm Studio Piero. Welcome to Jackass! <laughs> <laughs> season 2 of Yona Never. Yeah. Season 2. <laughs> okay,
2: and, uh. Okay, so as far as our script writers go, we have Body Cleek, and Beard and Hey! Hey! Yeah, yeah all right. Uh, so, Mike McFarland, you would know for his director work on such shows as Grimgar, Fantasy and Ash, uh, Hioka, and the Full Metal Alchemist franchise. Uh, Bonnie Cleak and Beard has had ADR scripts for such shows as Alice and Ziroku, A Certain Magical Index, and One Piece. And Emily Nays has had ADR scripts for such shows as Ushu and Tora, Classroom of the Elite, and Planetarian. So I guess I will keep the same order for now. So Megan, why don't you go first?
0: So this is actually a show that um, because we got really lucky and we knew a lot of things uh, that were coming beforehand and we were all pretty concise on like what shows we wanted. um, I got to go watch the Japanese uh, and the dub. And I will tell you, I made it through about like an episode and a half of the Japanese before I had to turn it off. Not because the original subtrack is bad. Not by any Means at all. This is a Show that far more endeared me to Its world and its characters Through the English dub. I think the casting on this Is really strong. I think the writing On this is really what sells it. Um, The writing On this show is hysterical At points. It is over the top. It is uh, Very serious When it needs to be. But the one thing that i think that double decker gets down super well is sarcasm because this show <laughs> My I is favorite as fuck this show is a is a smart it is the smartest dumbest show you will watch oh, this absolutely. year absolutely like it it is so endearingly stupid <laughs> <coughs> and the writing on the show works there are times that i'll admit there there are a couple things that get me like uh there's a part where kareel whips out his badge and goes bam bitches that was Um, i wrote that down i love that i love it but like normally in in any other case i don't feel like that would work like if this was like for example if uh if a kanaki in tokyo ghoul just whipped out his kagune and just went bam bitches (laughs) it would not work you're right it wouldn't actually it wouldn't work but it works in this show because Kirill is a fucking moron um he's he's a big very good dumb boy and I will unfortunately read a discord message that I typed out to a group of people because Andrew would be remorsed if I didn't Um, what did you do I'll read it when we get to Kirill roots knows exactly what it is oh god oh boy roots and and jet will know the specific thing that i'm talking about especially based on the k thirst buffet oh Um, god but i I, but i really do enjoy the show like it's i don't want to say it's one of the best of the year it is certainly one of the stronger things that endeared me to its first episode um, I will not say it's the strongest one of the season. If, if I'm going to be completely honest, uh, only because I'm not on the episode, my current strongest dub, simuldub premiere for Funimation has been Gridman. Okay. Like. I like, haven't even started Gridman. I need to fix This that. is really... Here's my thing. This is really solid, but it's also something that, like, even when this was airing, like, the same day as the Japanese... <sighs> I wasn't rushing to come and watch Double Decker. Like, I was, I like, I do watch Gridman, uh, but I think the writing and the directing is really solid. Um, I, I, I very much appreciate also the casting of all the women in the show. Yes. Um, there's one choice I feel like it's a little bit obvious, but if that's the only obvious choice, especially for the female characters of this show, I am completely okay with it because she sells it, and I don't think that character would work without that actor's there. So. That being said, I'm going to pass it on to uh, either Lilac or Roots.
2: I think it was Roots.
0: Oh, go on, honey.
3: Alright, um, you know the two things I look for in a dub script. I say those two words like every episode.
2: Hustle and snap flow? Snap
3: banner. <laughs> Shut up, Megan! S- snap and banner. And like Tiger and Bunny, this show has it in spades. Not only that, it's got a bit of a mouth to it. Oh my
1: god. Shut your mouth. That's that's an understatement there, Roots.
3: (laughs) Like, Megan nailed it on the head that this this show has a sense of sarcasm to it. That's, like, in terms of anime, that is, like, really refreshing. Because it's really hard to do right. And, um... Direction was done really well. I I have to agree that the casting was really spot on that we'll be getting to over the course of the episode. And not only the characters that we're gonna be dealing with today, but just in general, a lot of the smaller character yeah. castings were really spot on. Oh
0: fuck, we forgot to talk about the narrator. Let's bring him up yeah <laughs> <laughs> The
1: narrator. Oh lord. <laughs>
3: Oh, boy, the narrator. It's great.
2: Unfortunately, we're not talking about the narrator, but the narrator is great.
0: Shout out to you, Chris Guerrero. Chris Guerrero, we thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> you you brilliant bastard.
3: Yeah, and, like, I love it when the narrator gets the chance to, to throw some punches. Oh, my God. <laughs> like Like Tonegawa, for example. Yeah. Like like David Wald is the narrator in Tonegawa. That was really, really great. And like <clears throat> Chris Guerrero here just He gets to be as sarcastic as the show is and it's wonderful. But back yeah. to the
2: <laughs> He pretty much does exist to dunk on Kirill.
1: <laughs> he really does.
0: Doesn't everybody just exist to dunk on Kyrill? <laughs> For the most part It's great It's a national pastime Cause Kirill is like, a dummy
3: A great combination of the three Is episode four at the very end <laughs> where... <laughs> Hey Doug It's just I don't know if
0: you know it's this just...
3: <laughs> But Yuri's an
0: actual robot you don't say, "Oh my god, don't tell anybody."
1: <laughs> it's public knowledge that Yuri is actually a robot. What? But Doug's an asshole. <laughs> but Doug is it I he's an
3: asshole. Like that that whole exchange was just what I really love about the intersection between the direction, the scripts, and the narrator. So like this has been a fun four episodes so far. Great job, Mike. Great job, Bonnie and Emily. Great job, Chris Guerrero. Thumbs up.
1: Oh, Lord. And I'm done. What the hell can I add at this point? Because, oh, Lord. So, unfortunately, this is the first fall show I've I've seen. Because, as usual, Steph is behind on her stuff. Uh, <laughs> I still, there's so much this season, but for me, this is definitely a great way to kick off the fall season. Because, we all remember how much I enjoyed Tiger and Bunny and the fun banter and the dynamics between characters and
0: and the copious amounts of porn. <laughs> God damn.
1: I, I, I forgot that I decided to just look up freaking OTP shipping trash at the end of that episode for shits and giggles. Um, but it's, I honestly, this is at least for me certainly and even though this is the only show I've seen so far this fall season, it's already up there for one of the stronger dubs for the season bar none that's not a good judgment to have considering again only show i've seen so far <laughs> but i mean it's kind of comes with the territory at this point with mike mcfarlane shows unless you get the really really rare occasion where he's given a not so fantastic project but Rock. Um, <laughs> but he's he's certainly having fun with something that's not a sequel, thank god he's still trapped in sequel hell but point still stands um, the I, I just love I love the character dynamics and performances cause it's, Mike is doing a, a good amount of out of the box casting for some of these characters, which is fantastic especially when we talk about Max a little bit later like, Max as far as I'm aware of is a relative unknown if I'm right but we'll get to her in a while. But um, either a mix of out-of-the-box casting or some of the casting you might honestly expect kind of like what Megan was saying, but it just works so well. <laughs> like, even if you think it's like, oh, this is a, this is so-and-so's kind of role. It's like, typecast, da-da-da-da. It's like, it's, it still works. It still works so well. Mm. And the dynamics between... Not only the characters themselves, but the banter and dynamics between the performances and voice actors. Spot on. The script is just (laughs) downright hilarious. I wrote... Megan already brought it up, but I wrote, Bam, bitches, is one of my favorite lines. And then the end of episode four just killed me. (laughs) Like, I just finished episode four before hopping on here to record this episode, and it killed me. (laughs) Doug is an asshole. (laughs) It's great. But, um... Yeah, I'm very excited to see where this one goes. It's definitely a strong show on the directing and writing front, for sure, and, I, and a lot of performances and the dynamics and the cast are just so much fun and very enjoyable to me.
2: Okay. Um, I guess it's my turn. So, um, in addition to being one of my favorite anime, uh, Tiger Buddy also happens to have one of my favorite English dubs. Uh, The only run I personally rate higher being Monster, which, you know, out because that still doesn't have a release here. Dang it, Fizz.
1: Damn it, Fizz. Can we... we, (laughs) Someone, someone please save Monster. (laughs) Please. I beg of you. (laughs) We've rescued (laughs) a bunch of other things. (laughs) Please save Monster. Someone save Monster. If we can get a dub for Love Stage, we can save Monster. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and, in the news of and things coming out of the blue. Holy fuck. Side note. Uh. God.
2: Um, so, anyway. <clears throat> so, yeah, so, anyway, as such, I was kind of hoping this would, you know, go to Cineapolis, or at the very least, you know, if it went to Funimation, they would aim for uh, something comparable if they got it, since, um, I mentioned this before, like, in the actual Tiger Bunny episode, but that dub was considered good enough by Sunrise to actually air in Japan as an example of English dubbing techniques for anime, so uh, I would think Funimation would not want to, you know, make something that would seem inferior, I guess. Uh, but uh, fortunately, this landed in the hands of Mike McFarland, whose history as an ADR director more or less speaks for itself. I mean, of course, it's been a little while since he was headed, you know, a potentially big show outside of, you know, franchise sequels, uh, but he's still pretty great at what he does. Uh, the direction here is really solid, and honestly, pretty much all the performances here sound great, including some of the ones that I was a little, you know, maybe a little bit more skeptical on when I first saw the cast list. Uh, he has a particularly good eye for daily comedic timing, and, you know, while he's no stranger to comedies either, I'm a little less familiar with his work in that area compared to, you know, like, the bigger stuff he's worked on. Um, so, for my first serious foray to what he's like on that end, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, as for the script, uh, it's interesting because, uh, generally speaking, I mean, well, generally speaking, if you've heard me talk about scripts, I usually prefer stuff to stick close to the Japanese script wherever I can. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be have something on the looser end, the adaptive script for Tiger and Buddy's dub was uh, basically kind of my ideal in that respect. Uh, but uh, the dialogue in that show, you know, kind of pops up enough to feel like something an English speaker would say, but it's so... You know, kept everyone in character and never really broke the full context of the show or anything. And, uh, it was kind of interesting comparing that to the first couple of episodes where the script for Double Decker, because uh, Double Decker's script was actually done a lot sooner than I was expecting for the first couple of episodes. Like, it wasn't an exact one-for-one of the Japanese script, but, you know, there weren't any, like, real notable notable deviation that I thought that was a little bit weird for this kind of show. Uh, I mean, eh, but, uh... Okay, but I say you know ever since Emily Day took over for uh, episode three and I'm guessing episode four, it's skewed a little bit closer to more what I was expecting. Um, a lot more puts up dialogue and banter, but still never very too far from the Japanese script. Uh, all in all, I'd say I'm pretty happy with this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to rate it up there with Tucker Buddies he's done. But it's certainly off to a good start, and I'm excited to, look, to hear more of it. So yay. yeah,
3: yay, yay,
2: hey. yay, yay. Yeah. Alright, and with that, it is time to move on into our characters. Uh, so, first up, we have the supporting members of 7 0 uh, Travis Murphy, Sophie Gainsborg, and Apple Bieber.
0: <laughs> no relation to Justin Bieber. Still not even the dumbest name in the show. Yeah. Harry Bottoms. Travis, the dapper moron. <laughs> Harry uh. fucking bottoms.
1: We're not even. You're a him. wizard, Harry! Wait, wait, which one was. It? Wait, Harry's the uh. union guy, right? Yes. God yeah. damn it, David Wald.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Megan didn't realize it was him. My bad. Harry! It was hilarious. You gotta bend over, grab this toolbox <laughs> right here, and. God damn it. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, anyway, uh, going, <laughs> going into these characters, uh, Travis is the, is the director in charge of the 7 division who likes nicknames against subordinates and is stated to be a total idiot. Uh, Sophie serves as a correspondent for the team who helps with communication, and Apple Bieber is a scientist who... Excuse me, that's Dr. The... Beaver.
0: <laughs> hey, Apple. Yes. Oh, doctor! Doctor!
1: He's 17, <laughs> mind you. Okay.
2: Yeah, so uh, he is a doctor who creates and maintains the weapons the team uses. So, did anyone have predictions for these three? Yes. yes. Okay, Megan? <laughs>
0: So, uh, my predictions before being very quickly spoiled on who Apple was before the episode were, uh, Damon Mills or Josh Greeley. My predictions for Sophie were, uh, Rachel Glass or Laura Woodhall. Uh, spoiler alert, I did these based off of how the characters looked. Um.
2: Same here, uh, same here, so don't feel bad.
1: And I got something right! Fuck you! I got something right, too. And then I also got two things make- I, I got something right, and then I mixed two up, and I got very sad. Um. And then my predictions for Travis
0: were Phil Parsons or Brian Mathis.
2: Okay. Uh... Rich?
3: Alright, so going up... Up from the bottom, um... The hairy Apple Bieber was... God damn it, stop <laughs> it! She's not gonna let that go tonight. <laughs> no, nope, fuck up. Alright, so... Apple Bieber, I... Kind of played around with a few different... Different things here and there. Um... Like, if, if it ended up leaning on the Texas side, I was thinking more of a Micah Solsad. And if it leaned more California, I was thinking more Kyle McCarley. Okay. Th- <clears throat> Thankfully, that's the only one I only... <clears throat> that's the only one I had to split, but... Uh, for Sophie, I had Sarah Whedonhaft. And Travis Murphy. Like, I couldn't think of anyone better to do it than Keith Silverstein. Ooh,
1: I can hear it! Damn! (laughs) Shit! (laughs) That would have been amazing. Oh, that's me, isn't it? Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm not not paying attention. My bad. Okay, Apple, Sophie, Travis. Where are they? Right there. So, my predictions for Apple. I I ended up with three for Apple, two for (laughs) Sophie, and three for Travis. So Apple, some of it was based off of looks, some of it was based off of the voice. So, my predictions were Dallas Reed. Alejandro Sub and Todd Hapicorn. Time in, time out, really quick. Did you pick Dallas Reed so that he can
0: also redeem another Japanese performance and the watchability? I'm sorry. I hate. I hate Apple Sub voice so much.
1: No, I hate I didn't, it I didn't so much. That. I didn't think of that. I just based it partially on the looks and the personality of the character. In all honesty, I'm
0: sorry if you like the. The same for Apple is probably a very nice person, but it was like Asta, Japanese Asta all over again for me.
1: (laughs) Anyway, time in. And no, it's not the same guy. I looked it up. And time in? Yes. Okay. Uh, And then for Sophie, my two predictions based on what little I know or have seen of the character, I have Bryn April and Jade Saxton. And then as Travis. Uh, so, they're all probably very obvious, because Travis has a very interesting idiotic charm to him. Emphasis on the idiotic. Um, and also kind of maybe, like, a little bit man. Burly man. So, Chris Savo was actually my first choice on this one. Then I also added Kent Williams and Ian Sinclair to them.
2: Okay, um, so as for me, uh, let me check, double check my list. So, in the event of Sudiopolis Break Glass, uh, for Apple, I also did my predictions based off of the character design, so I said Chris Hackney, because for some reason, I assumed Apple was going to maybe be, have a voice on a slightly deeper end of uh, Pretty Boy, so... <laughs> Boy, were you wrong. <laughs> yes, I was very, very wrong. The, the say
1: you alone, it's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, and... Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, and then okay, and then in the event of Funimation, I had Clifford Chapin down. Uh, first uh for Sophie, if the in the event of Cityopolis, I said Erica Mendez.
1: Okay.
2: For Funimation, I said Brittany Karbowski. and then for Travis, if Cityopolis, I said Ray Chase, and if Funimation, I had either. Mark Stoddard or Chris Abbott because I know they can do, like, deep voice idiots pretty well. So.
0: <laughs> Man, you all yeah. wanted uh, Travis to be like Colonel Sanders from Taboo Tattoo, didn't you? <laughs> 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 God damn it. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh, red-blooded American.
2: Okay. Yep, uh, so, getting into who's actually playing these characters, uh, so for Travis, we have Barry Undo. Yay. But Bla- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm okay with this. <laughs> oh, that's who that is. <laughs> I'm
3: I was
0: very like, okay with is this? this. Actually no.
2: Yeah, uh is. play Yeah, uh playing Sophie we have Madeline Morris and playing Apple Bieber, we have Justin Bryn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> or can we say Justin Bieber? <laughs> you owe him money if you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost
2: I almost pronounced that wrong and I blame you. <laughs>
1: Yay! I, I'm not, I don't apologize for anything. I apologize for nothing.
2: Uh, of course you he don't. Hey. Uh, I've
0: infected stuff with my gremlin.
2: Okay. See, work was uh, a pain
1: in the ass today. I needed a little bit of fun, alright?
0: Oh, baby. All
3: right. Not uh, like that! <laughs> not should like I go get, that!
0: So should I go get the ragey body pillow out of my closet for you?
1: No! No! <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh so at uh, barry andell you would know for such roles as yoki from full metal alchemist zaraba from the garo franchise and william t spears from the black butler franchise uh madeline morris has done such work as Akoda aino from love tyrant hotaru Hoshikawa from new game and frederica greenhill from legend of galactic heroes de noiteze hell
0: yeah frederica greenhill
2: and lastly Justin Browder, you would know for such roles as Frate Venetti from in 91 Days, Nico from Nambaka, and of course, Izuku Midoriya, a.k.a. Deku from My Hero Academia. Call me
1: Dr. Deku! Can, can we also throw in one more for Chits and Giggles for Madeline? What? She's sure. voicing another Sophie. Oh my god, no! <laughs> Garo Vanishing oh. Line. <laughs> so this is what happened after to Sophie after Vanishing Line.
2: <laughs> she and
1: Saruba started their own drug, anti-drug division. Means sword. Oh no wait, true, Zaraba. Uh, Wrong. I, I, sword's I too I
0: busy sword's too busy eating steak. Zor uh, somehow became human. <laughs> I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. <laughs>
2: I mean uh, Steak, My I Edman, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, now you be now you made me go now you made me go and feel awkward about what I was going to say about Sophie when I get to oh, it.
0: No. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> oh
0: no Oh no Oh fuck yeah. Well, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's
2: it's it's, not, it's nothing horrible.
0: Well, I'll let the tension. Uh, well, I'll let that tension build while I talk about Apple fucking Beaver. God damn What
2: ahead. the
0: fuck ass name is this? So Apple Beaver sounds essentially like what if Teku was underappreciated at his job? <laughs> um, so, which one of my favorite other moments in the show is where he's like. If, uh, please don't shoot this if you don't, can't hand, and then, whoa! Whoa! When, uh, Carell gets shot across the room and all I can hear is the crash bandicoot, whoa!
1: No way, she's out of Carell. A, a, <laughs> when, uh, Carell. <laughs> when Carell give us, gives us our daily dose of stupid. Whoa!
0: It's <laughs> uh. the best. <laughs> <laughs> she's going crash bandicoot. Oh no, we gotta move on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Stop it. Never you can never get me to stop woe crash bandicoot singing baby shark. You're not my real dad
2: <laughs> Okay, I gotta need you to get back into reality, please.
0: Okay. <laughs> back to reality. No, uh so Justin like I said, I had to switch, like The thing that honestly killed me about Apple's character in the Japanese was his voice. So, at first, when Justin started yelling at everybody, I was like, Oh, God, here we fucking go. Um, but it was- It was more endearing to me, I think, because it wasn't a language that I can understand, and I feel like- uh, And this is a thing that I learned following a writer on Twitter, was sometimes when characters have really over-the-top, doofy voices, it's probably mandated by the Japanese, because that's what they're doing in the Japanese anyway. Um... So I felt like when he has the comp- uh, the conversation about Doug's old partner, uh, with Kirill, um it really helped the performance to me. I don't think Apple's in the show enough as of right now for me to make a a, a proper judgment. So I hope he shows up more. But I think Justin laid a good base. Uh, I could not tell I could not tell that was Madeline Morris' Sophie. I legitimately couldn't. I was like, who the fuck is this? So, uh, but I liked it. It was soft spoken. It was cute. It was also a little conniving um especially when uh pink St- pink uh goes to the bar
3: <laughs> oh yeah. and it's like
0: i borrowed a little money from the boss and and travis is like sophie did you swipe my wallet again she goes no and just gives him this look and he's like oh okay then and i also think that god i love barry Yandel and in like everything he's in usually uh i'm pretty sure i think barry andell was is my favorite drunk sword I think he's one of my drunk swords. Maybe. Um I, I think he's I think he's Jirotachi. I'm pretty sure he's Jirotachi. Um Just put it in the comments. Yes, Megan, he's a fucking sword. So I, I couldn't tell who it was either. Like everybody else I could tell this is this actor. For the rest of the cast on, I know who who is who. Um but okay, except for maybe robot and boxer, because I'm not familiar with boxers actress at all. Um but Travis is so into his dumbness, and that's like my favorite part of Barry and Del playing Travis, is that Travis Travis is so dumb that I don't think Travis
1: knows he's dumb. <laughs> no, no, remember that whole thing in episode two. This guy is an idiot, but it's okay, because this one is also an idiot. <clears throat> so an idiot. Schrodinger's
3: stupid. I am so apart. smart. I am so smart. <laughs> I mean S-M-A-R-T. <laughs> and Roots is a smart.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I love Tasteful Simpsons jokes. But no, I really I really enjoy them. Um, I will say that I really actually want to hear uh, more of Maddie Morris' Sophie before making more of a call on the character because I don't think that she's talked much other than being dispatched. And the only kind of moment that we have seeing her as a character outside of um, being dispatched is when she's, she's like, yeah, I stole your wallet. What are you going to do about it, bitch? Kind of moment. But that's done almost all through facial expressions and not really voiced. So I, I do want to see more of the character first. Uh, but go ahead, Roos.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'll get Sophie out of the way first because she really didn't have much to do in the first four episodes other than the, uh... other than, really, the the stealing the wallet scene. I, I do like that she kind of gave that sort of a, a playful edge. But, yeah. I, I'm i gonna have to wait for a few more episodes to make a, a full opinion. Uh, Justin Briner as Apple Bieber. <laughs> that name will never not be funny.
1: <laughs> it's Dr....
3: Uh, in any case, I really like that Like, Justin Brenner Played him young, but also He has sort of this Two weeks away From retirement, and you There, you right there are going to be The end of me, get out Get out of my lab, you
0: fucking idiot
3: With uh, With Kirill, and that was just That was just The tops
1: so like, you need to. Re- it's like, by the way, you need to return that gun you stole from me. Hang off, so phone. <laughs> I know where you sleep, bitch.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and God. God bless uh, Barry Andell as the embodiment of chaotic stupid in the show, Travis Murphy.
1: <laughs> chaotic stupid. I <laughs> like that description.
3: <laughs> He's dumb. I don't think he knows just how dumb he is. He's played by just about everybody in the office. And he's just this good, goofy guy. And it's... It's wonderful. And Barry Andell plays him really well. It's a refreshing change of pace from the other things Barry Andell is doing this season. And... Like, it, it's... It's wonderful. It's... I don't think I've been able to hear him be this funny since maybe One Piece. And, um, I'll I'll pass it on, because I'm pretty much done here.
2: Okay.
1: Once again, what more can I add to this? Um, I'm also going to get Sophie out of the way first, because similar, basically, to what Roots and Megan have been saying, I need to see more of Sophie. Because the problem is, I think out of all the characters we're going to end up discussing at this stage... She's the one we haven't seen the most. She, she's the one we've seen the least, I should say. There we go. So it's... I like I, I like the little impressions that I got of what Madeline's doing with Sophie. We obviously just need to see more of the character aside from her just being a dispatch person. Um, what did I say? Uh, notes, 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 notes. Uh, Justin is Apple. <laughs> Dr. Apple. Um... It's like, I, I I find it interesting how Roots was saying that he seems to play it rather young. We gotta remember the kid is 17, so it's fair. Um, but, like, a 17 and, like, some big genius of some kind. But Justin has... it. Okay, no, that was Randy Pearlman. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, you're your drunken sword? Yeah. Okay. It's Randy Perlman. Anyway. Anyway. Um... Justin has this kind of suave attitude, but it all like he at least he seems to have a suave attitude. But but deep down it kinda comes off of like it seems like a bit of a know all know it all and maybe a little bit immature because he from what we can what at least I can gather, he's probably the youngest member member in Seven Out of the whole crew. Um so it's such a fun vibe for him and I wanna see more of the character. Um is it hint? It seems like it was hinted, or at least implied, that maybe he had a he has a thing for Derek. I don't know. I like, hope he does. Like based on the phone conversation <laughs> he had with Karel. Anyway, it kind of yeah, For was-
2: for a while, I couldn't tell if it was he had a thing for Derek or a thing for Doug.
1: It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, but um, and then Travis. <laughs> I think Steph just also in our chat just
0: got our her, her, her first introduction of what the fuck Gritty is.
1: <laughs> I'm not even paying attention to the Gritty part right now. Click
0: the GIF, you'll understand.
1: I'm looking at the GIF. The GIF is going right now. <laughs> That's Gritty. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Gritty. Oh, Lord Almighty. Anyway. He's I- our Lord. The greatest thing to happen to hockey. <laughs> anyway, Travis. Travis and Barry Andel. Oh, my God. Uh, Barry... Barry and Dallas Travis also has a fun, charm, and charisma to him. And... I feel like... I feel like Travis also has a little bit of a childlike quality to him. Because... Remember in the first, like, episode or two, he came, he's the one who, who came up with this 7-0 thing. Came up with the name for, the, like, the double-decker system and all these code names and all this other fun stuff. So... Like think about it, this is the kind of stuff that kids would normally do, right? So yep. yeah. yeah, Travis in of itself is basically a is probably the oldest and is a grown ass adult, but is a fucking child, like a man child in a sense. So it's very it's it's so much fun to see Barry and Del play that. <laughs> Stop sending gifts. <laughs> never I'm gonna just cover this what the fuck I'm taking another window and covering the chat right now um no (coughs) but because of that chat like quality and that idiot and the naivete and the bit of an idiocy that Travis has (coughs) um Barry and is just a lot of fun so Travis yes Apple yes uh Sophie just need to see more from her that's really it
2: okay um, so I don't have a ton to say about per, Morris' performance either, since Sobe doesn't really have a whole ton of lines, uh, but so far she sounded pretty fine, and um, it's definitely more on the Q-tier side than what I've heard of her work so far, so I thought that was pretty nice. And like you guys, I did really like that bit in episode 4 with the with the whole Herb silly jars as well, I think that was pretty funny. And, uh, I really do hope she gets to do more the coming episodes, because I'm not gonna lie, Sophie's has got hot, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Justin, I mean Applebeater, here, was pretty...
0: <laughs> Justin, be- I mean Applebeater.
2: Okay. okay, okay, someone's gonna to have to make that joke eventually.
1: <laughs> and we're gonna make it, like,
0: probably
2: okay. another
1: uh- five times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it was pretty interesting going off the character design because I really wasn't expecting it to sound like a twonk, and that threw me off for a loop when I watched episode 3 in Did Japanese. Did you just
3: call him a twonk? <laughs> <laughs> yes! That's
2: what it sounds like!
0: Yes! <laughs>
1: oh, God. That's great. <sighs> Oh no! I wasn't even here for the twonk incident last time. This is great.
0: (laughs) Oh, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to the other end of that spectrum soon enough. (laughs) Our other idiot of the day.
2: Uh, Anyway, I really like what I heard of Josh said, especially in episode three. You know, he brought the right mix of smugness to the character while also, you know, making him so high pitched you feel like you could just snap him like a twig, and it made it was really funny. (laughs) <laughs> especially, especially pretty much every time he insisted on being called doctor uh, and then lastly for Barry uh, Adele for Travis um, it was a pretty interesting pick for me having uh, wants a little bit of the Japanese version first uh, because Travis's Seyu sounded uh, you know fairly on the deep end and you know relatively down to earth so uh, when I first thought it was Barry Adele I wasn't like pretty I wasn't sure if it was going to be a good fit because I'm you know, personally, used to hearing Mary O'Dell. You know, sound very goofy and over the top. You know, like with uh, Yoki from FMA, from FMA, or you know, very dramatic like with Zabu. Uh, so here you can do something that seemed that sounded like relatively grounded by uh, the general standards of his voice was uh, kind of an interesting change of pace. I mean, you know, granted, the not the general natural flair of his voice is still there, especially in all the comedy bits, because you know, again, Travis is a big idiot and. uh... He definitely gets a lot of laughs out of that. Uh, but at the same time, I was surprised how well I was able to buy into him being, you know, a police chief. Well, for as much of a chief as Travis is. And uh, he's been a delight to listen to, so um, yeah, I very happy with all three of these. And with that, I guess we're going to start going into our double-deckers.
1: <laughs> the weird name of the system that Travis, aka Boss, made up. <laughs> I need to make... How Travis
0: actually came up with the name. Sees a bus. <laughs> I've got it!
2: more like he just had a double decker sandwich and it's like, I've got it. No,
0: he, had a, he ate a double decker sandwich while riding a double decker bus. God damn it. <laughs> and then got punched in the face twice, getting double decked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch.
0: You, look, okay, look, there were just these two girls, and the little one, he asked for beef or chicken.
2: Oh, boy. I did. Uh, anyway. Oh, come on, uh, that course. was a great
0: joke, and you're all. Can we move uh, on, please? Before we're here all <laughs> night?
2: Yes, uh, so going into our double decker. Pairs. First off, we have Max Sobersohn, code name Boxer, and Yuri Fujishiro, code name Robot. Wait,
0: uh, Ma- wait, her name is Max. I thought her name was Sombra. God damn it!
2: Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> wow, Blizzard's
0: really going all out for this new Sombra skin. Yeah.
2: Yep, Uh, so Max is going for jumping headlong into crime scenes with her motorcycle, and Yuri is, well, an actual robot, apparently. But don't tell (laughs) Kirill! No, it's public
1: knowledge that Yuri is actually a robot. Kirill is just an idiot. (laughs) Don't Uh, tell Kirill
0: that I from Mutapree is a robot, either. (sighs) Doug, Doug, I think that Idol is a robot. I don't have the evidence yet, but... I I really, really, really want really cute fan art of Yuri and I just chilling out and doing robot things. Oh, that would actually be cute. Like, no, uh, like, oh no, like, they're having, like, their little tea, and, like, Max and Reiji are just doing dumb shit in the background.
2: Okay, uh. Whereas <laughs> we
0: all know that I's boyfriend is Reiji.
2: Uh, likewise, I'm a uh, pretty pure Max and Yuri are girlfriends, but I guess we'll see how that goes.
1: <laughs> no, she's talking Udepre. Oh,
3: right.
2: And uh, I mean, I know. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, I need to tell the story. Oh no!
3: I, I'll wait. I'll wait until my turn for predictions to tell the oh, story.
2: God. Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
3: It's gonna have to be told in small parts between each of the next three segments.
2: Oh, God. oh boy. Okay. So, uh, okay, go ahead, Megan. What were your predictions?
0: My predictions are gritty and gritty? (laughs)
1: Stop (laughs) it! Are really?
0: Stop it. My predictions are gritty and the feeling about it. (laughs) You asshole. Stop it with the gritties
1: right now. Never!
0: You will not take my orange beloved away from me. You
1: shut your whore mouth and make your actual prediction. He looks like a muppet on cocaine. He looks like a muppet on <laughs> Anthem! <laughs> I'm scary. sorry, he
0: looks like a Muppet on Anthem! <laughs> anyway, my predictions for Max were Michelle Rojas or Trina Nishimura. My predictions for Yuri were Jill Harris or Jade Saxon.
2: Okay. Yeah, all those were pretty sensible to me. Uh, roots.
3: Okay, so, back when I was initially watching the show, and I was kind of talking with, with Megan one-on-one about it a little bit, I, uh... What did you do? Oh, you remember. I do. I don't. The, uh, I I kind of joked about the relationship status of the three double-decker groups.
0: Oh! They're fucking... They're dating too stupid to fuck.
3: <laughs> so, so Max and Max and Yuri were on the yeah they fucking category. Oh, uh,
0: they fucking.
3: <laughs> but um, in any case, um, for for Max, I really didn't know what to do with her. So I, like, I honestly thought the the Michiko route and Big Girl Monica.
1: Really? Okay. <clears throat> Let's.
3: And um. And there's another interesting little twist I did for the for the three double decker groups for my predictions. Um. One of them is a Texas-based actor, and the other is L.A.
0: Good okay. Lord Almighty, honey, why do you have to make everything into a clever riddle like some freaking fantasy thing?
3: And um. Uh, for Yuri, I had oh, who is it? Um I want to say it was Erica Lindbeck. I would have put her as boxer if anybody. Alright, wait, was it was it Erica Lindbeck or Harlecker? My my notes are kind of weird and scattered.
0: Did you forget to put an, a letter next to an Erica? I might have. It's okay. We all make mistakes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't feel bad. We've all done it at least once. <laughs>
0: I did that with a Kyle once, and let's see where that got me. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> you. F- I got my Erika's mixed up. I'm sorry. Too many I'm Erika's. Sorry.
0: Too many Ericas.
2: And now there's a fourth one, apparently. Oh, God. So-
0: <laughs> Too many gritties? <laughs> stop it! Uh,
2: stop it. Okay, uh... <laughs> Okay. what are your predictions
1: I had three for each Uh, Max was actually the harder of the two for me to predict Uh, so I'm going to start with Yuri Uh, I went with Natalie Hoover Lindsay Seidel and Danny Chambers and for Max uh, again it took me a little bit to try and think of some ideas for her but I ended up going with Don Bennett Morgan Garrett and Marissa Lenti
2: Okay. Well, these sound pretty fair. Um, As for me, so I did my predictions based off of the character designs. And uh, looking at Max's character design, I thought, for some reason, I thought she was going to sound, you know, very on the butch side. So I was thinking, as I was thinking in terms of women who could do gruff forces pretty well. Um, So I said, in the event of Cudiopolis, I said Carrie Keranen. And uh, in the event of Funimation, I said either Don Bennett or Trinity Sumora. And uh, as for Yuri, uh, in the event of Cityopolis, I said Veronica Taylor, uh, because I just want to hear Veronica Taylor in things. Don't judge me. And uh, (laughs) uh, in the event of Funimation, I said either Emily Names, because she was my scriptwriter prediction, and I figured she might be in the show somewhere. And also Danny Chambers.
1: Nice. Yeah, because I, w- I was like, let's give Danny Chambers something different and fun to play with. So,
2: uh, so Yeah, I thought yeah, it might be interesting to see Danny Chambers, yeah. you know, maybe try a comedy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, now getting into who's actually playing these characters. Uh, playing Max, we have Beth Lipton. And for Yuri, we have Brittany Lada.
1: I'm so mad at myself for one reason, but go on.
2: Okay, now, uh, this is Beth Flipton's first named role, but uh, you may have also heard her in interviews with Monster Girls, 18 If, and. Handshakers.
1: The, the show that shall not be named.
2: I'm sorry, those were the only shows on the list.
1: Yes.
2: I had no choice.
1: Again, rel- relative, like, basically an unknown here.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes and, yes, yes, and unknown for us. I mean, she might have, like, sage... Uh, she might have sage experience or something. But as, as far as anime is concerned, this is her first-name role. Uh, Brittany Lana, on the other hand, is no stranger to this podcast. And you may have also heard her as Kamat in Holy Night, Anzu Shiragane in Castle Town Dany Line, and Ichigo and Darling and the Franks.
0: Who did nothing wrong!
2: Yeah, she did absolutely nothing wrong, you morons. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Okay, so, Megan, would you like to go?
0: Yeah, I'll start with uh, Britney Lauda as Robot slash Eri first. Um, I really like her. I like Brittany Lauda being very... Because this is not a role that I traditionally um, put Brittany Lauda in. Uh, I think the softest I heard her in a thing was maybe a bit of Ichigo. But let's let's face it, the only thing... The thing I most associate Brittany Lauda with is Seven Mortal Sins as... Leviathan, who's a bratty little bitch. And I love her. I love that performance so much. I hate that show, but god, I love that performance. So her as Yuri is great, and I really like her very relaxed thing, but here's the thing I like. Yuri is a robot. Yuri is not emotionless. Like, that is a, a, a really hard line that some people do not get. Like, like, even- that's- that's, like, the one- like, Steph will understand this. And I, I'm bringing up Utapri because this is another series where a person has to play a robot... Yeah. ...who is obviously not, like, hello, may I take your order, I am Microsoft Sam in a human form. Um, because if you've never watched Udapri, um, which unfortunately has no dub, and I wish it did, um... It'd be so much fun. Uh, I'm using this to explain this because as much as I also really want to talk about Yuri... Yuri and, and Max have only gotten to do most of their stuff in episode 4, and even then it was more di- uh, pink and rookie as a focus of the episode, more than them. Uh, so I'm using Udapru to explain how I feel about the snippets I've heard of Brittany Lauda as uh, Yuri. Is this. If you've never, ever, ever watched Utano Prince Sama, first of all, one, do it because it's the best... It's the stupidest four seasons of anything you'll ever watch, and it's infinitely entertaining. Yes. The second thing is this: um, a- Aoi Shoda, who, if you've watched Pop Team Epic, you will know that is the guy that sends them back in time in episode twelve. There's a spoiler warning. <laughs> um, uh, plays plays I, and as somebody who who loves I very dearly, my favorite thing about Aoi Shoda's performances, I, is that I. Don't give a fuck. I is very, very snarky. <laughs> I is snarky and sassy she and all savage So hell, all hell, hell. Hell yes. He is a he is a savage little shitlord. Yes, he is. But he's also a robot. So a lot of people, when I think they they see that this character is a robot, one to one, this character is not allowed to show any emotion. A lot of people, I think, for better or for worse. Instantly think of uh, how Yuki Nakato is played from Haruhi as the standard of how you play a character who is a robot. She's an alien, but fuck it, she's a fucking robot. Um, Tech, I know she's a fucking alien. She's a fucking robot. Just bite, bite me, internet. Come fight me, you fucking Haruhi fans. Oh lord. Um. So, I I genuinely think that. Brittany gets that down in Yuri, that Yuri is still warm and friendly and an inviting person. But she's also made of metal. Don't tell Kirill. Um, <laughs> Doug is an <laughs> asshole. Asshole. <laughs> and so is the narrator. Um, and then... The so sassy. I feel really bad, but I'm blanking on the name for Max's actress, so... Beth.
2: Uh, Beth. Beth lipped in.
0: Uh, I adore beth as as max because i think the way that jet described uh how he went off of her personality was my biggest fear that they were going to play her that just because this character has uh like a the half shaved head and the butch look that everyone thinks that she has to have like a very deep butch voice
1: Mm -hmm. that was the hard that was the hard part with me figuring out who to predict Twitch.
0: That's why I did. I did predict Michelle Rojas and Trina Nishimura because they did have the. They did. It's not that they did butch voices. It's that they potentially might have had just slightly deeper voices for women, mm-hmm. which is a thing that naturally happens. Because one of my cousins has a deeper voice for a woman, and she is. She's not like me where I'm like big and wide. That's why I have a deeper voice because I have more meat on me. Uh, but she. My, wait. Uh, full disclosure. One of my uncles is blind. Uh, so sometimes he can't tell all of us apart until we say it's Megan or it's, or, it's Kristen or it's Lauren. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my cousin Lauren, sometimes, uh, they actually, he, he's gotten us confused voice wise before. Um, and she is skinny as a twig compared to me. So I really like that Beth plays Max, not like stereotypical butch. And that there is a softness to Max. Because Max seems like a quiet- Max and and Yuri seem like just quieter people. Like, they're- They're- Even in the way that they dress, like, Yeah, sure, Max rides a motorcycle and dives headfirst into danger. It does not mean that she's gonna wear flannel and fixture and fixture housing. Like, she's- She's- She's, like- Like, we're- We're saying that the two of them might be together, but- That's not because of their design. It's based on the way that they act around each other, guys. But I really, really enjoy this. Especially Beth. Um, I hope that this is a way to get her into more stuff. Because I want to see her do other roles. And I hope that she becomes a long stare at Funimation.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, Roots?
0: I'm
3: sorry, that's forever. That's alright. No, 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 don't worry about it. Um... I, I really have to agree with uh with Megan in terms of max like i'm I'm kind of glad that her voice is gruff but at the same time it has a bit of a feminine side to it like that was that was a really nice touch um Beth Lipton did a really good job with her just for the like half of an episode ish. Between the four that she actually got some speaking screen time for. Um, I... Like, one of the notable lines for me for her was... Toward the end of episode four, when... She's coming in to arrest everybody. Because Yuri has... Used her robot abilities to... Take all of these Anthem dealers down. And she's just like... Yeah, I knew you could handle a girl. Like, that to me just kind of... Epitomized my feelings about the character... To a T. And, um... Brittany Lauda as Yuri... She's quiet, she's soft-spoken, and... Like Megan said, I really do appreciate that she actually has a bit of a personality to her... Instead of just, you know... The robot. And even then, like, even beyond the robot, she's not like C3PO, where she's. where she's given this big, eccentric personality to make up for the fact that she's, you know, an artificial being.
0: I also like that the show didn't drop it until at the end of episode four.
3: Yeah, that too. Like, that was. That, great. That was that was a really good reveal, and yeah, Brittany Lada did a really great job. Uh, Beth Lipton, I would really like to see more of her in more Funimation dubs in the coming months and years. So yeah, good job, you two.
1: Sweet. Um, I'm gonna start with Yuri first and Brittany Lada, cause like you guys are like you guys were saying, it's it's one of the more quieter roles. That we've heard Britney portray. And the word I use to kind of describe Yuri as a character. She's very unassuming. Because of it. Um, She's very quiet. She's kind of... You might think she's in the background. But she's actually more than what she appears to be. In a sense. And I think Britney plays that very, very well. Uh, Would love to see more of her. Much, much more of her. Um in the show because it's definitely it's not only a fun performance but it's, a, it's certainly a different kind of role that we've we've seen compared to what we've seen Britney play before before um as for Max and Beth Lipton this is actually as of right now one of my favorite performances in the show one of my oh, favorite wow. performances um okay. yeah I really I'm really enjoying it right now like Beth is certainly one of the underdogs in terms of performances in this show. And I feel like God, what did I write. It she gives a great impression um she's she gives off a great impression as Max to me and is such an underdog in the cast and it's like she she's it's not one of those situations where it's a newer actor uh, in a cast with a bunch of very established people and oh she has she's she's the new person She's it's a little rougher no no like it blends so well she blends so well with the cast that you can't re- for me you can't really tell that it's a new that she's new relatively new so it speaks volumes that she's to her acting ability right there to me um and she has, I think she has the perfect tone for Max too. Like, cause again, like Megan was saying, the fear with Max is going too butch, considering the, the character design that Max has. And I think, I think the best voice compliments Max very, very well. And I'm just really enjoying it. It's one of the underdog performances. And right now it's one of my, my favorite performances in the entire show. I love it a lot. But both both Max and Yuri, I want to see more of them. We really, really only got to know a bit more in episode four, but not as much as the other two pairs we're going to be talking about. So.
2: Okay. Um, uh, so obviously this is my first time ever really hearing Beth Linton in anything, and this is a really good first impression. Uh, like I said in my predictions, I was kind of assessing Max sound, you know, on the gruff side because of the character design, and <clears throat> uh, so this wasn't quite what I was expecting. Uh, as like, uh, but there is a kind of like you know, sort of punk rocker-ish vibe to her voice that you know fits the design relatively well, while you know, soul sounding, as like, while still sounding feminine and making the character sound very distinctly like an adult, which is I definitely appreciated in a show where the women are you know adults, so that's always nice. And uh, yeah, and I, and I, definitely, and I definitely like what I've heard of it. It's, uh, it's, like, it's definitely very mature sounding, but, yeah, uh, but you know, so feminine enough that it doesn't sound like, very stereotypically much, which is very nice. And uh, Brittany Lauda, of course, is a you know, voice I've gotten pretty used to. And uh, this is certainly a little bit different than what I'm uh, kind of used to in her. Uh, she definitely plays here in a very, you know, polite and unassuming manner. Uh, while still giving off enough personality to, you know, make her seem like a pretty normal girl, which I, which I thought played pretty well into the joke that she's actually a robot. And I especially liked her delivery during that reveal where she activates her special functions, and, okay, I mean, and I knew they, I knew that was obviously sped up through, uh, that was obviously sped up through, um, uh, with, uh, the engineering for the show, but I thought that was so pretty funny regardless. And, um, yeah, unfortunately I don't really have uh, too much else to say, because honestly these two haven't really got to do much of anything, and, uh, it's kind of a shame because everything seems to be hitting towards them, probably being a couple, and that would likely make for an interesting little side story, so hopefully we get that. Uh, but for now though, these performances seem to be hitting the right notes, and, um, I'm definitely excited to hear more of Beth Lipton in the future, so, good stuff. And I guess with that, it's time to move on to the next pair.
1: Oh, God.
2: <laughs> oh, yes.
1: Oh, this bitch.
2: Uh, yes, uh, so for our next pair, we have Deanna Del Rio, code name Pink, and Kay Rotsford, code name Rookie. <laughs> oh, so, uh, Deanna is known for her high fashion sense, and foul mouth, while Kay is the newest member of Semino and acts a lot more by the book. So, uh, predictions for these two, Megan.
0: Uh, Let me start, then. So, my predictions for uh, Pink were one that I felt was a little obvious and one that I felt was maybe not so obvious. So, my, I think the the prediction I felt that was a little more obvious was uh, Monica Rial doing her big girl voice. This is where I put Monica doing her big girl voice, ah. and my backup, her slash other. Well, Monica was actually my my backup pick. Um, my 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 first pick was actually Michaela Krantz.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Because I enjoy Michaela Krantz and things, and I would like I I like to see her do things that are different. Uh, and then my predictions for uh, rookie. This is where I put Danny Chambers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh I think this one might surprise people, but again, this is because I like to see her in things a lot and a lot of times when she's in things I enjoy, but she's also in a lot of things that I just don't watch. Unfortunately, and it's not because I don't like her as an actress, it's just they're not shows that I really like a lot. So I put Kristen McGuire. Oh, okay. <sighs> I see it. Because I would I would kill a bitch to get <laughs> I'm like, I really wanted Kristen McGuire in this. I really wanted her in this, but I'm not mad about who's
3: rookie at all. Okay. Go ahead,
2: Roots. <laughs> uh, Roots?
3: Yeah, so starting off with, um, with Kay, uh, this was where I ended up putting the LA actor, Erica Mendez. Okay. And, um, I kind of went a little obscure with Dina. Because, um,. I've I only know the actress I had in mind from one show. Megan has already brought up that show. Okay. Hmm. Um. I had Nicole Endicott in mind. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> God, Stars. I love Nicole Endicott. She's a sweetheart. So nice. So such so a sweetheart. Heart. Oh. god no you don't understand i got
0: to talk about her and i was like i'm so sorry how mean i was about that show and she's like no it's fine you like the show enough to keep you like my performance but god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as megan just screams in a corner into the into the wide unknown or something my brain isn't working right now <laughs> oh is it my hold on is it my turn yeah, go. My ahead. brain yeah. really isn't working right now. Okay. Oh, yeah, just go. Okay. I got three for each. So for for uh, Kay, I had Brittany Lada, Felicia Angeal, and Alexis Timpton. As for Deanna, I had uh, Leah Clark, Monica Rial, and then because of this bitch's personality is very similar to characters that this woman has voiced before, I have. Jamie Markey as my first choice.
2: Okay. Um. As for me, uh, give me a second. Okay. Um. So in the event of Cudiopolis, uh for K, I said Jeremy Lay because again, looking at the character design, I expected. Okay, I expected. Okay, you know I expected her to sound very by the bookish and proper, so I figured Jeremy Lane could do that really well. And um okay, and in the event of animation I said Dad Saxon or Lexus Tipton. Okay, and then for Deanna, I in the event of Indianapolis, I had either Erica Lindbeck or Aaron Fitzgerald. Uh, so, and, well okay, well Erica Lindbeck because she's generally, you know, pretty reliable and uh, Aaron Fitzgerald, because I feel like I haven't seen her in anime in a little while, and I thought this would be kinda nice. And uh, in the event of Funimation, I sa- I also said, you know, maybe Monica Rial using her big voice. Or because, you know, again, uh, this character design and this personality screamed J- Jamie Markey to me, so I also had her down for that. And uh, now to get into who is actually playing these ladies. So for Dana, we have one Jamie Markey, and for K, we have Natalie Hoover. I fucked
3: up.
1: <laughs> I had
2: Brittany and Natalie switched.
1: I fucked up.
0: <laughs> I feel really bad for uh, not thinking about Natalie Hoover when I was doing this. Like I legitimately feel bad
1: about this now. I'm, I got so mad because I put Natalie as Yuri, and then Brittany as K, and then they're the complete flipping. And I'm like, god damn it.
2: Yeah, okay, so, uh, Jamie Markey, you would know for such roles as Howard and Claymore, uh, Kana Albrona in Fairytale and Ginger and Gangsta, uh, Natalie Huber has done such roles as Tomoyo Daidoji in Cardcaptor Sakura Cleocard, uh, Kayo Maretta in Citrus, and Saya in Gargantia on the Virtuous Planet.
0: Cause I get to go first. So I'll get, I'll do Pink first cause I actually have less things to say about Pink than I do about Rookie, which is really weird. Uh, Pink is is another Jamie Markey character, and uh, while I didn't think of it myself, uh, I'm completely okay with it. I find this to be one of the two very obvious casting castings that I did for the show, that I would do for the show. Uh, The other one being the actual only prediction I got right. (laughs) Um, so I I really liked it. I, I genuinely enjoyed her being angry and stuff. Um... I think one of my favorite lines out of her is, can you please park like a dog for me? That was the greatest <laughs> thing. I love that. Like, I, I I, was wondering if she had, like, a dead sister. It's like, no, she had a dog named Kay once, and that's really weird because my my nana's nickname was Kay, because her name is also Catherine spelled with a K. I have an Aunt Kay. Um, but, that's uh, no, I, I genuinely enjoyed Jamie Marquis' performance. I think that, uh, I, I kind of hope that Pink calms the fuck down a little bit. Um... <laughs> i think that she's almost always constantly yelling and i don't know what the f- our fucking lip lip looking thing oh what the hell um <laughs> that was great but man i love natalie hoover as rookie in this show <laughs> um i i like that it is the ex- this is the exact character you would expect natalie hoover to play like she's the other kind of i would say a little bit more obvious casting but here's why. Here's where I think it works a little bit better, and that is the scene where this girl gets drunk on non-alcoholic beer. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> where Carell is off, actually shit-faced, and then there's just Natalie like, "Here's what she is," like, and, and you see the and you see
1: the subtitle: "Non-alcoholic beer, <laughs> alcoholic
0: beer. This beer has no alcohol in it." And she's just like, and when she's freaking out about the food in episode 3, but the the alcohol scene in 4 is good, and I like that there's this sense of naivete to this whole job thing, and yet she is clearly, like, one of the smartest people in there. Like, bar none, Kay is, Kay is, like, the smartest person there.
2: And, and uh, I, I, always forgot, I always forgot, but one of my funny things with Kay is that whole bit where Kirill, like, briefly thought she was into him. That was funny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was great. Carole, where
0: like, oh, man, she is so aggressive. The narrator, this bitch does not care five shits about Kirill. This girl is a foodie. She's just foodie. a foodie. Kirill <sighs> isn't food. Like, okay, look. Kay is totally the girl... That would go to Epcot with a guy for the food and wine festival so that he can give her her plates.
1: Seems like an <laughs> accurate description.
0: I I respect Kay. I respect Kay's food game. But <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed game. this. And I really enjoyed this. And I'm, I'm really kind of kicking myself for not thinking of Natalie about this. Like... It's like, damn, it's like it's like when I saw the cast I was like, fuck, why didn't I think of this? And then I realized this is why Mike McFarlane has a job Doing this and I don't
3: um, So I'll this pass it true. on to roots Okay, um I, I really liked uh, Natalie Hoover as Kay And like Megan said the, uh, the drunken scene In episode 4 was like One of my favorite things Of, of her performance Also the Also, the foodie thing during the stakeout. But, um... Like, I I do like that while she is naive, she is probably one of the most book-smart members of the group. And that she's... it It feels like she's going to have to lean on Dina a little bit over the course of the show in order to, you know, acquire street smarts. You know, you.
1: Uh,
3: I was gonna make a joke there, but I forgot it. Eh. Whoops. Uh, as for Jamie Murky as Dina, I I really like the the hot headedness to, the performance and lent is sort of the the personality of the character really well. Uh, she's and she's brash. She gets the job done her way. And. Throughout the course of the the three episodes before she gets partnered up with Kay, she was just allowed to not have a partner. Yeah, that
1: is a thing that came up. To be fair, she also used a man as a human pinata in episode two. This is also true.
3: (laughs) This is true.
1: We just don't we just didn't know she used a man as a human pinata until episode four. (laughs) But it happened.
3: But in particular, I, I really like the dynamic these two characters have between each other. And I I need to get to part two of the little story I have oh where I basically said, oh, the the relationship status between Dina and Kay are basically, they're probably not fucking, but they, you know, they own a twin size bed to save money and co-adopt a dog.
2: Uh, well, that seems pretty fair. God damn it! <laughs>
3: All right, well, I'll I'll pass it on because I'm I'm pretty much done with my piece.
1: Okay, that means it's me. Uh, I'm gonna start with Deanna first. Um, Jamie is a sassy sass pants, and it's great. <laughs> like Deanna has it, like Deanna exudes confidence, and it's you can tell for through Jamie that there is that confidence and sarcastic comments and sassiness and it's my way or the highway and it's just fantastic to me um the instant I saw this character Jamie was the first person that came to mind with this it's like it's and for me it's not even like a typecasting it's like Jamie really just portrays these kinds of characters very very well and you can tell she's having so much fun with it because Deanna can be a bitch sometimes but Deanna is a sassy fun bitch. <laughs> um, and Megan, if you thought you were kicking yourself for not thinking of Natalie Hoover for K, I fucking swapped her and Brittany, god damn it. I was so At close. At least you had her in this show. I was so close. I was like, damn it. So close and yet so far. Um, but Natalie as K is very interesting. It, For me, it took a second to adjust to it, only because I had a different idea in mind of what, of how I would think K would sound like in an English dub. But then, it didn't take me very long for, for that adjustment to just go away and be like, okay, this is great. And then, the best part for me when I was fully on board with it was episode three and the foodie scene. That whole thing. That was when I was sold. And then she got drunk on non alcoholic beer in the next episode and then I was like, Yep, I'm good. We're done. We're done here. <laughs> Natalie Natalie is where where are my notes for this? Natalie is just so fucking adorable as Kay. It's so much fun. She's so nat- Natalie has gives Kay a naivete because she is the rookie. Um, and she is the She's the one of the one of the well, she is the one who kind of plays by the book, a good amount of the time. The second one, probably as far as I know, would be Doug, maybe, but only because this isn't our jurisdiction. Corel, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. So, a lot of naivety, a lot of smarts, and like a black and white play by the book kind of thing. So. Which makes the dynamic that she has with Deanna and Jamie so much more enjoyable that way. Like we're just kind of talking about. Because the double-decker pairs themselves have such a fun dynamic. Um, Max and Yuri, we haven't explored that pair too, too much. Um, But Deanna and Kay are just such polar opposites. It's fun to enjoy. It's so much enjoyable to watch these two on screen together. Uh, so, I just love both of these performances. Uh, Jamie, though some people might think it's like an obvious choice, it's per- perfect to me because she's sassy and exudes that confidence. And then Natalie, Natalie is that naive newcomer rookie um, that's adorable as all hell and gets her ass drunk on non-alcoholic beer all day long. <laughs> I love it. It's great.
2: Okay. Um, so starting with Natalie Huber for me. Um I'm not quite as familiar with her as you guys are and that her voice isn't one that I like instantly recognize, but I usually joined her what I've heard of her and things, and this is no exception. Uh, she definitely gives off the vibe that, you know, K is practically like a newborn lad when it comes to police work and uh, plays her off is very naive and by the book, but you know, also sounding assertive enough that you can see how she, saw, how she landed the job, and again, she sounds like an adult. And, um, like, I will say the voice she used was a little bit more high-pitched than I was expecting, but uh, again, it certainly helps sell the whole cop rookie cop vibe. And, you know, it's not so squeaky boy that, again, Kay doesn't come off as an adult, so I think it works. Um, and as for Jamie Markey, well, yep, this is pretty much just Jamie Markey and her element to the point where, you know, if someone were to... Ask me what kind of role since Jamie Markey specializes in. I would almost immediately point to this. I would. I would too. Honestly. (laughs) I would say
0: okay. On the scale, like okay, is it a role that you want to be able to show like younger viewers? Pink. Do you not care about
1: age? Panty. Yes. (laughs) If you want to say fuck age age limits, panty. (laughs) Panty. (laughs) Fuck this. Fuck that.
0: I'm not gonna lie like I want to say this right now like being the age that I am I will 100% blame my sense of humor on Jamie Markey. (laughs) Nice. My my entire formative language and like attitude when it comes to some things is because I sat and listened to so much of Jamie and Monica. (laughs) And not like not like Moe Monica I mean like fucking stalking Monica, oh god. and or mom and or momoko from ghost stories oh god
2: just <laughs> brave
0: strong handsome men have you said jesus yeah. as your personal savior no i'm <laughs>
2: uh, uh, so anyway. from ghost stories.
1: <laughs> you shot it so good
2: <laughs>
0: god i would love to do a classics on that oh lord
2: Oh, boy. That would be the
0: best thing ever. Can that be our April Fool's, please? <laughs> you don't want it as Halloween? No. Oh, my God. I know what we're doing next year. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Oh, my God. That's the best idea ever. This is why we're fake lesbians together.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so, anyway, uh... Sorry,
0: person I'm actually a lesbian with who's on this show.
2: (laughs) boy. Uh, so, anyway, Jimmy has always, you know, been really great at playing sultry, seductive women as well as foul-mouthed, valley girls with a serious attitude problem, and, uh, this pretty much combines both of those into a perfect marriage. Uh, both on and off the job, Deanna is extremely foul-mouthed and pretty blunt about how she feels. Uh, while also giving off a very sultry vibe that, can, you know, can convince you she's really good at doing undercover work, as we see in episode 4. And uh, Jamie pulls off all those errors flawlessly. And uh, for me personally, it probably helps that, of the lady characters so far, is probably my favorite, so I really dug this. Uh, but of course, since this is a buddy cop comedy, I was also partly looking to see how well Jamie and Natalie can play off of each other. Uh, Especially in episode 4, since that was their solo episode, and the results were definitely a lot of fun. Uh, Jamie's more mature sound for Deanna played off of Natalie's more youthful and naive take on Kay really well, and uh, they really sounded enough like total opposites that it really helped to elevate some of the banter between them, Uh, with my favorite probably being that bit, you know, where Megan mentioned where Deanna sarcastically asks Kay to bark like a dog, I thought that was really funny. (laughs) Uh so anyway, I enjoyed both of these ladies a lot and I am looking forward to hearing more of them in the coming episodes. And with that it is time to move on to our final pair of D lawful asshole and chaotic <laughs> stupid <laughs> <laughs>
0: That
1: is the best way to describe <laughs> these two.
2: Oh my god. Uh, for me is what if Gotechu and Barnaby Switch Sex Musicians? <laughs>
0: I've trained her oh, so well. I quit. I'm done. <laughs> I've trained him so well. <laughs> You've absorbed my shit through osmosis from Anime Fest.
3: You are ready.
0: My son, my protégé, I bless you in the name of the of the semi and the uke and the dick sucking. <laughs> That <laughs> you go in peace to love and watch two dudes bone. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm not going to hell, there's the punch on my ticket.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so... I mean, okay, Oh, so. fuck, I
0: feel like a metal feeling in my mouth. I think I've, okay. cut, I think I've cut my mouth somehow. <laughs> I'm okay, uh, keep going.
2: <laughs> okay, um, so our final pair of the evening is Doug Billingham, Codename Veteran, and Karir Vobril, who goes to a few Codenames, like, literally every episode, but currently goes by the Codename Buscut. Oh, my
1: God. He goes from Rookie to, um... Oh, because oh, Because Travis is like, hey... Your nickname should be per- per- yes. Well, that's what Travis per- wanted, but Corral was just like, fuck that. <laughs> I'll go with Okapa. Did you call him Shrimp?
2: <laughs> uh, um, so, oh, anyway. come on! That was really
0: clever! <laughs> fuck you guys!
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, Doug is one of the senior members of Seminole, who is a, a school detective in spite of his tired demeanor. Uh, while Karel is a fresh-faced recruit of 7-0 who dreams of one day becoming a hero, but is mostly just a total dork.
3: Karel is the idiot. <laughs> oh, God! Oh, God, I just realized something. What? Oh, what? Like, Ki- the whole thing with Karel's nickname changing all the time? It's the J and K dynamic for Men in Black.
2: Ugh. <laughs>
0: <Huh>. Fuck. <laughs>
3: wow. <laughs>
0: Oh.
2: That is, I was not expecting. I was not expecting that reference, but okay. Here come oh.
0: the man in black.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, so what were your predictions, Megan?
0: Damn it, damn it, Roots! I was about to post that art on art on my server. Um, so my predictions for Kirill were. Uh, I also had Damon Mills here, or I had Austin Tyndall. I don't know why something just screamed Austin Tyndall about this kid like just spasmic spazitron and those was just like Austin Tyndall. uh and then my predictions for Doug for Chris Wake and Ian Sinclair based totally on looks
2: okay that's fair uh roots
0: okay also B I didn't think okay look I did everything based on looks I didn't think Kirill was going to be a moron <laughs> <laughs> his character design didn't scream moron it just screamed I take I take it up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Editor, cut that out. Uh, do I have to. Do I have to. Fuck, I'm going to have to read it, aren't I? Oh, no. Oh, uh, let me just rip this band aid off. You're welcome, Eric. You're welcome, Andrew. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, Andrew, you are welcome for this. Oh, no. Uh, where is it? He's like. He sent me this last week, because we thought we were going to be recording this last week. Oh god. I'm actually talking fuck. to him right now. What are you doing? When I saw Kirill for the first time... Fuck. Like, he's genetically engineered to my taste and twinks. Fuck you, Sunrise. Oh god, Kirill is full on the chaotic stupid scale. Oh god, he got naked. <laughs> <laughs> what is is this you? Ladies and gentlemen That was me That was me <laughs> Look uh. I like them two ways When it comes to boys that are legally available Big and buff like Makoto Corel
2: <laughs> Bear <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Roots
0: We all know which side Roots falls on He falls on the <laughs> Makoto side
3: Duh <laughs> yeah. Alright so Like My prediction for, for Kirill I made before the first episode and, you know Kirill's A complete idiot and I realize, Oh god I actually kind of Want this actor to play a complete idiot Because I don't think I've heard him do that before And that's Damon Mills
0: Okay That'd be kind of fun for him
3: And uh And um Because I was doing the You know one of the two Pairs from From Dallas and the other from LA Um I had Ray Chase for Doug Billingham
1: Ooh that would be amazing I like that
2: Okay. Um so as for me, I'm gonna say I'm gonna do my calorie prediction last because there's a slight story behind that that you might find that you might find interesting. Um so as far as my Funimation predictions go, I deliberately tried to I deliberately tried to be I didn't want to get too predictable, so I literally said in my mind, okay, anyone but Ian Sinclair or Mike and Salison for these two <laughs> 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 okay. uh, so, for
0: spoiler alert, whoops, <laughs> whoops,
1: oopsie daisy, oopsies, maybe you should have gone last instead of me on that one, Jesus Christ, yeah, uh,
2: so, uh, yeah, so for, uh, so, uh, for Kirill, I said maybe Alejandro Okay. and for Doug, I said maybe Christopher Camp or Chris George, because, you know, I mean... Because I haven't really heard Chris George do Pretty Boy before, but he has a nice voice. so I figured he could probably pull it off.
0: Okay, Chris George is in Token Rambu. He's played a Pretty Boy. He has okay, played. a
2: pretty Okay, boy. I, okay, I'm, uh, okay. I have not seen much of Token Rambu. so I just. He's stupid. the
0: one that he's the one that keeps working out all the fucking time. Yes, he is actually. He's okay. one. He's one of the Spear I, uh, Brothers, right? No, no. He is the one that. He is the one that when... No, 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 no. um, He's the one who
1: got dragged into a host club, right? No, that was Chris Ryan. My bad. No, that was Chris Ryan. Wrong Chris. No, Chris George in Token
0: Rambu the easiest way to recognize Mm -hmm. him is he is summoned in episode two of Hanamaru, Mm -hmm. and he is the one that gets freaked out when he sees Alexis, because he thinks Alexis is a girl. Got him. And he's like, what the fuck? Why are there women here? And Alexis like, I'm not a girl. I'm blanking. I'm a boy. I'm blanking on him. He's, um... I think his name's, like, Dononuke or something. He's always got the skull, and he's, like, really dark-skinned. Um, Go! Okay. He's always working. Now I'm
1: seeing it. Okay. I remember Yeah, he's now. that guy. He has, like, he's these wide-ass beady eyes or some shit. Yes, but he is in Token Rambo, so close gotcha. enough.
2: Uh, okay. Um, and uh, for my California predictions for Doug, I said David Vincent mean, uh, be, uh, be, uh, because, I mean, well, he wasn't a buddy, and he seemed like he would be a good fit, and he does, like, and he does dry sarcastic characters really well, so I thought it would have been pretty funny. And uh, for Creel, I said Lucian Dodds for two reasons. One, because, you know, if you've heard me on this podcast before, I really want Lucian Dodds to have a lead role in something, and that still hasn't happened yet. Is and it bad
0: the- that I'm really sad that you didn't say David Vincent and, <coughs> and Crispin Freeman? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, okay, that would have okay, been amusing, but Kristen Freeman actually wasn't Tiger Bunny, well, he wasn't in one of the movies, so, yeah. Uh, so, the other reason I said Lucian Dodge was uh, because, I, it was because in the Tiger Bunny dub, he played young Tatsu in episode two. That's right, I forgot. And if I, yeah, and if, like, and, like, I'm not... And if I recall, I think it was either one of or the very first role he ever had in a California dub, so I thought this would have been like a really nice throwback.
3: Ooh, that'd be. Yeah. Very
1: interesting. Okay. Yeah,
2: okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. So.
2: Yep, uh, so getting into who actually these two. Hey!
1: We skipping me all of a sudden?
2: Wait, I. Oh, I am so sorry.
1: What happened here? <laughs> <laughs> I know I
0: volunteered
2: for
1: yeah, last, but <laughs> on this one, cause reasons. Uh, I,
2: but yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I am so I am so sorry. God damn
1: it. I know I got spoiled on Corel, but I Jesus w- Christ! No,
2: no, okay, that's okay, no, okay, no, it's fine. Like my brain got too used to the order, so I.
1: I know my brain is dead, but <laughs> it's been a long fucking day. Um, gritty. No, <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> no more gritty. Anyway. My predictions. So um I'm gonna start with Doug because Creel obviously has a goddamn story to him for me, as always. Um so the first thing I thought of when I saw Doug was Kogami from Psychopaths. I had Robert McCollum as my first choice. Hmm. After that, though, Hmm. uh I also had Christopher Waycamp. And even though the voice of my third prediction is maybe a little bit gruffer, I think it'd be a lot of fun, in all honesty. I had David Wald.
2: Okay, I could have seen that, actually.
1: Yeah. like You can see it. Uh, As for Carell, I got fucking spoiled. (laughs) I got spoiled on... I'm
3: sorry! Part of it
1: was Megan's fault. Part of it was the actor's fault. But just so I don't have nothing here, I decided to just, instead of making predictions pick it, uh, actors who I thought would, I, if I was the director, I would cast as this show. So not predictions, but who I would cast. Um, initially, based on the character design and the Seiyuu voice, uh, first two choices went to Dallas Reed and Josh Greeley. And then, as I watched Creel and his stupid bullshit, <laughs> and was thinking about the personality and everything like that, I'm like, okay, at the end of the day, I probably would have predicted Micah Solisod for this one. I probably would have.
2: Okay. And so getting into who actually plays these two, uh, for Doug we have Ian Sinclair, and for Kareel we have Micah Solosad. So ah, see my
0: ha! see bitch, my thing worked once.
2: Yep. So clearly this was not despite me.
0: <laughs> it's
1: all right. I love it. You can suffer. <laughs> so good
2: though. Suffer, Jets.
3: <laughs> Shut so up, and we... Jet! <laughs> okay. So I guess we've learned something. Uh-oh. If we really want somebody to be in a dub, we need to hope that they're not in the dub. Clearly, um, that's the <laughs> method today.
0: I would I would hate for Howard Wang to ever be Kuroko if they ever dubbed Kuroko no Basket. How dare they even considered <laughs> Howard Wang to be in Kuroko no Basket! Oh my god. You can't see it, but I'm awkwardly winking! Oh my god.
2: Yeah, um, so Ian Sinclair, you would know for such roles as Dandy in Space Dandy, Toriko in Toriko, and Favreau in Ruthie Bahamut.
1: Haru! uh While,
2: uh, while Micasala-san, you would know as Yuichiro Hakia from Seraph of the End. My Soul other leader, favorite idiot. Uh, Soul Eater Evans and Soul Eater, and Yukide in Origami.
0: Uh, thank you for talking about Yuichiro, because I've, everyone forgets that Yuichiro is dumb as fuck. <laughs> Like, please read the Sarah for the End manga if you ever have it, because, boy howdy, it is an explanation. Oh my god, I just realized. What?
1: Something. Oh no, what? Oh no, no. <laughs> oh, breathe. Mika had to watch it. His-
0: no, Mika had to watch his boyfriend be unable to handle a gun.
3: God damn it. <laughs>
2: Hello darkness, my old friend.
3: <laughs> whoa! Whoa, 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 God
0: Okay, uh, so
2: would you like to start us off, Megan?
0: Sorry. No, uh, I fucking love Micah as Kirill. Micah brings, like I said, uh, or I don't think I said it before. Uh, One of the other issues I actually really had with uh, the Japanese was that I felt Kirill was a little bit- sounded a little bit too young. Uh, Like, I- I- from a lot of- when when I talked to a couple other people who have watched the show that obviously are on this episode, they're like, yeah, no, Micah sounds really young too. But I don't know if it's just the way that he's inflecting that maybe it it does it a little bit better for me. Um, I love when he gets- drunk by the way uh because when micah gets drunk or does drunk characters he has this thing where you know some people when they're really drunk are really still lucid talkers but when some people do it it feels like they don't open their mouth all the way like when they're talking or do i sound like i'm crazy okay no no i hear you I like that he does that for Kirill when Kirill is drunk. That you do not understand, like, half a lick of what fucking Kirill is saying, drunk. Like, that he is the whiniest little drunk in the world.
3: Like, he is literally trying to recite tub thumping.
0: Yeah, basically. He's like, stupid dog stupid ambition. Like, you can't really hear it. Like, you can understand what he's obviously saying because he's acting, but the acting is like, it feels like there's, like, something pushing in his mouth. Um... But the, the other thing I really like about Micah's performance as Kirill is that he plays Kirill so in earnestly stupid. <laughs> Kirill believes every stupid thing that comes out of his mouth is the right thing. And it is really refreshing to hear that. Like, we keep bringing it up, but when he, when he tells Doug that, that Yuri's a robot- <laughs> is Look, it's the dumbass. exact if you need to show anybody one clip to sell them on Duh, uh, Micah as Kirill it's that. show them that because it is so good because it's not him trying to put on an act it's not it like Kirill trying to beef up and be like all smart or like Kirill moping it is just this is Kirill Kirill does not realize that Yuri is a robot, even though everybody else knows and thinks it's a secret. And he's completely (laughs) convicted. And I like that Micah gets that conviction in his voice. Um, And I really liked when Kirill had to be, like, serious and talk about his sister that he he nailed it, but Micah's a really good dramatic actor. Um, I like his comedy stuff, but I've always been a little bit more on the fence of I really like Micah's dramatic roles a lot, because I tend to like a lot more dramatic shows that he's in. Um and then Ian Ian is who I obviously had pegged for Doug outside of Chris boy Camp. Um I I really like it. I like that this is an Ian character that is obviously more subdued and more laid back in personality. Because Ian Sinclair plays a lot of spazzes. And Young, who is not. Yes. Um Young Young Wen Li brand beer is something I want. <laughs> um but that being said, I really I, I really enjoy uh I really enjoy him as Doug. I think that he really sells Doug. I really like that Doug is essentially right now the smartest person in the room, teamed up with the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> and I really like that level in his performance where I think he knows I think he I think he thinks that he's like, oh my god, this kid's an idiot, but he's such a good kid that I'm gonna keep him around anyway. It's like Kirill is a really dumb puppy. Yeah. And Doug is just his yeah, owner. Yeah, pretty much. And Doug just... Carill pees on the carpet, but Doug just smiles because so it's part of Kirill's charm. <laughs> and I, I just genuinely like that about Ian's performance. It is it is also a performance that's really hard to explain. Like, hey, I really like this because Ian is a really good actor. So. Uh, go ahead, Roots.
3: Okay. Um... So, I'm, I'm honestly gonna say one of my favorite things about Kirill, like, it it is the, you know, hey, Yuri might be a robot thing, but, like, also the fantasy sequences he has in the first two episodes. Oh my god. That are completely lame. like, to the point where it's just like the narrator has to say, he never, uh, he's never actually thought it through to... His dream, this his dream of
1: terrorists ter- coming to like just like terrorize a school, and he happens to conveniently be, be, be around the corner, and then he just falls asleep before even thinking about what he would actually do. <laughs> that was great.
2: <laughs>
3: like he is way way over his head in just about everything. He has like just the best comedic reactions to everything that's going on. He doesn't get it. He's He's just clueless at every juncture. Like, and and Micah nails all that, as well as the, the more dramatic side to his character, like when he's talking about his sister and whatnot. But Micah Solsa just gets to play a big doof here, and it's just beautiful. I, I hope he gets to play more big doofs in the future, because I, I really like him playing a big doof. And Ian Sinclair as as Doug, like, I got the impression from the first episode that he too was a little bit of an idiot. Because of the whole getting stuck in the pipe. But then you get the revelation in episode four that, oh, oh yeah, he's, he's just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, don't mind Doug, he's just a bit of a dick to newbies. Like he's he's the guy who'd make you go down. You start you start work on your first day, and he's the guy who asks you to go down to the supply room to get you steam pellets.
1: Oh my god, sounds accurate.
3: But I I really I really like Ian Sinclair's kind of a little more hard boiled performance in terms of like the experience Doug has in Seven O when. Like, it it was just good. and I really like the dynamic the two of them have together. Because it's it's just... It's just great. It just works. There's nothing really more I can add to that. Like, they make a good team. They do good. Thumbs up. You did good. He done good.
1: Um, okay. So, I'm gonna start... How do I start this? Because... Similar, I guess, to Deanna and Kay, Doug and Creel have a great dynamic. And they are complete opposites, to be, to be honest with you. Because where Creel is just, let's face it, a goddamn moron uh, who has very high dreams and ambitions, uh, very highly of himself, some of the time. And then you have Doug, who, aside from, again, being the asshole, he actually, he actually, as his codename implies, he's the veteran in all this. He's been around for a while, and he understands what goes on. He does play things by the book, but he's very intelligent, and he, you can tell he knows a lot more than um, what he lets on half the time. But he also likes screwing with <laughs> freaking Carell. It's great. Um, because half the time doesn't even know what the fuck Doug is thinking, and it's part of the charm. So, for for Ian, the best way I think I was able—I don't know the best if it's the best way. This is how I described Ian as Doug for some reason. Ian as Doug is like if Bruce Wayne became a detective instead of <coughs> Batman. <laughs>
2: Um, uh, that's, really, uh, that's really funny looking back at what I said in the Tiger and Buddy episode because I literally said Barnaby is just Batman but yeah, prettier
1: <laughs> we're back to Tiger and Buddy again this is great but um yeah Ian as Doug it's, it's not a goofball character because again like, like Megan, Megan was mostly saying Ian is very known well known for playing goofball characters I mean, one of his staples at this point here, but it's always very refreshing to see him in a more, more calming, serious personality. And Doug has, aside from his, has his, asshole assholish charm to him, and it's so much fun to watch. Um, and then his <laughs> his back and forth with Micah, dear sweet lord, because Micah is such an energetic goober with such lofty goals, because basically that's what Kuriel is. He became a a cop to figure out what happened to his sister, Uh, and he just also wants to be this hero as well, and again, he's very endearing, very, very exudes confidence, but in a stupid way, (laughs) thinks he knows what he's talking about, and it's funny that Creel reminded me at times when I was watching the Japanese, and I was like, okay. I decided, yeah, I probably would put Micah here if it was me casting the show, because Creel at times reminded me of Soul actually, and how because Soul has his moments where he thinks he he's hot stuff and knows his shit, but he actually fucking doesn't, and so the personality just I think was very similar. Uh, which makes sense, and I could just hear Micah talking out of Creel, even even knowing that he that it was him, regardless after being spoiled. I'm like, okay, yep, yep. I probably would. This is like similar personality to like a good chunk of characters that Micah has played before. Um, so this definitely a lot of fun for this duo, and it's a fun, 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 fun dynamic, and I just love it so much. Ian the Asshole, and Micah the Idiot. <laughs> Great.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, well, like I said before, I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be these two because they seemed like kind of safe choices to me. They certainly weren't bad ones, and I've really been enjoying them so far. Um, I don't have a whole ton to say about Ian Sinclair as Doug, since, you know, the show is clearly trying to keep him as a bit of an enigma for at least a little bit. Uh, but Ian Sinclair is, you know, no to to playing lazy or sarcastic, authoritative figures. And uh, he certainly does a good job of balancing both the, you know, I'm too old for this kind of thing side of Doug, who's, you know, also kind of a jerk. And just kind of here because he has to be and the more serious hard-world detective who sounds like a man with a lot of experience, and it definitely shows. Uh, As for Micah, ooh, where do I begin? Uh, I mean, I've heard Micah do comedic roles before, and he's you know—he certainly no stranger to this sort of character either, but there's something about the way he plays that just feels... fun. Uh, From the second Krayle opens his mouth, Micah's just able to exude a perfect level of high energy for the character, and uh, he does a great job of making... Uh, making Kareel sound overly enthusiastic about everything he does while, you know, also making it clear that Kareel is also just a total dork. And, and, there's just the amount of utter confidence he gives off at all of every scene is just honestly really hilarious. Uh, but dorky as Kareel is though, at the same time he honestly kinda wanna root for him, and Micah brings enough sincerity to Kareel's desire to be a hero that it's, it's hard not to find it just a little bit charming. Uh, but uh, much, but again, much like the series this is based off of, uh, one of the things that makes both of these performances shine to me is how well they play off of each other. And Ian Sinclair's delivery in, junk, in dunking on Mike at, at every single opportunity is it's a lot of fun. As is Micah's portrayal of Kareel's increasingly bad attempts to prove himself to Doug. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the dynamic works quite as well for me as it Barnaby's with Barnaby's or Taggart, proper. But so far, it's been very entertaining. Also, as a side note, you will never, ever be able to convince me this show won't end with Kirill moving to whatever constitutes Japan in this universe and chaining his last name to Gabaragi because, God started, there's no way he's not related to Kotetsu somehow.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the
0: conspiracies. Here we go. Okay, can, my conspiracy theory is that Kirill's missing sister is actually Kotatsu's wife. So, <laughs> that is an interesting conspiracy theory.
1: Oh boy.
2: <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean he's literally just the younger dorky model of Kitetsu. oh
1: my god
0: <laughs> that'd be like Kirill's gonna get an anthem pack s- smacked on him and be the first person with superpowers oh lord
2: oh lord <laughs> oh boy uh, so yeah these two were a lot of fun and with that it is time to move on to final thoughts
0: Uh, I'll start off and make mine quick. Like I said, when I was talking about director and writer, this is a show that instantly endeared me to itself with its dub. I think it's really solid. Again, uh, I don't think it's the... I'm not going to say it's the outright best sampled dub of the season. Especially uh, at the four episode point, which... It and, like I said, like right now, to me, the only two that I can really compare, my, compare to each other because they have the same amount of episodes out is It and Gridman. I feel like Gridman's a little bit stronger, but that might also be because I think Gridman's a stronger story, too. Um, but I really like the casting choice. Again, I especially like the casting choice on the women of the show. Uh, I like that Mike picked uh, for a character didn't pick uh picked a a relative unknown to step into a, a cast like this i think the writing is really funny i think that this is a show definitely worth checking out um if even if you don't like the the dub i would say like stick double decker as a show i think it's really good i i was a little bit worried too going into funimation's fall simuldub lineup that it was going to be not a good lineup at all I was very vocally adamant that I'm like wow there isn't a lot of shows that are like not fantasy or action based and while this has a lot of action to it I-, I like that this is more of an action comedy and not like another like humdrum dark fantasy action or like hey we're in another w-, like hey we're stuck in a fantasy world and now I have a harem of slave
1: girls thank god it wasn't that over um, at this point Right we've done a lot of those this season <laughs> uh this year
0: but um i genuinely but if like i said though if you're if you're into those type of shows i'm happy that you've gotten really good quality dubs out of them this year like i'm not like you do you dude i'm just really happy that there's a lot of uh time care and effort put into double decker and that um it is if the show this show is anything like Tiger and Bunny, I am more inclined to go back and check out Tiger and Bunny's dub again for when I actually finish the show.
3: Okay, uh, roots. Yeah, this this show kind of surprised me in the fact that you know Tiger and Bunny was it was generally considered a, a funny show with good character dynamics, but this um. Double Decker kind of took the the comedy side of this and ramped it to eleven, and it's not an unwelcome change. Like all of the characters, like all the characters interact with each other in various ways. It's it's well written, well paced. The dub is also very well written. It is very funny, and I. I like just about all the performances from the uh, from the people we have mentioned to folks like David Wald playing a union leader, or... An
1: evil union
3: like, leader. And Mark's... I believe it's Mark Stoddard who gets to play, like, one of the Monsters of the Week, and it's... Like, it's, it's all... It all just kind of fits together really well, and... Pacing's great. There's great banter, great snap to the dialogue. It's 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 just a great dub. And <clears throat> I I'm really excited to see where it goes from here because we're only 4 episodes in. This is probably going to come out in rather rapid succession, so yeah, I'm I'm wondering to see where this goes.
2: Okay, Steph.
1: Uh so at this point in the, in the fall season, again, like I mentioned before, Double Decker is the only fall show I have seen so far. That is going to change, hopefully, in the near future, because I have a bunch on my list I'm going to watch. But in terms of Double Decker, it's definitely... Because <laughs> I originally wasn't sure if I even wanted to do this episode, if I wanted to be on it. And then Jet was like, well, you enjoyed Double... De- I mean, you enjoyed Tiger and Bunny. I, th- I honestly think you'll enjoy it, and I'm like fuck you, you know what, I'll just go on blind I probably will like it and then Joe was like, yay! <laughs> but um yeah, this show is a lot of fun there's a lot of a lot of action, but there's a good amount of witty banter and back and forth and comedic moments to it and the dub just elevates that banter and the comedic timing as well uh, with, with the performances so it's very strong in direction I think and very solid writing as well has some fun one one-liners in there, the the occasional bam bitches in there, um, bam, bam bitches. bitches. But um, the cast is definitely very, I think, is very strong as well. Um, even with with a nice nice mix of veteran voice actors and then relative newcomers or individuals who haven't done too too many funimation shows before and were originally based in L.A. A.K.A. Natalie. Um, but and, and like Megan said, I like the risks that Mike is taking with the casting for the show too. It's very out of the box, very solid, um, and I'm I'm honestly enjoying it immensely, and I'm excited to keep watching more of the season.
2: All right, and um, as for me. Uh, so, I've been waiting over six years for a Attacker and Buddy sequel now, and while it's annoying knowing that sequel is still a little further off apparently, uh, this has been a pretty good way to hold me over. Uh, while I don't think it has uh, quite the exact level of heart that made Tacker and Buddy so special to me, this definitely has a lot of really good comedic chops, and I've really been enjoying the characters so far, and I found all to be to be pretty charming. Uh, Similarly, while I can't say if this stuff is, you know, going to quite reach the high that Tucker and Bunny did for me, it's definitely off to a really strong start, and uh, between the direction for the comedic timing, and the chemistry between these shows' various pairs, there's really a whole lot to enjoy here. Uh, So I'd say if you're a fan of Tucker and Bunny, then obviously this is very much worth your time, and even if you were late to that trade, you know, if you just like Bunny Cop comedies, or, you know, cool action shows in general, or, you know, just good comedies... I'd say there's so plenty here that's to catch your attention, so definitely try and check it out. And um, as for where you can watch Double Decker, uh, it is currently available on Crunchyroll Subtitled and on both Funimation Now and VRV Dubbed. However, uh, since this episode might get put up after the fact, it is important to keep in mind that Funimation's partnership with Crunchyroll and VRV has come to a close, and after November 9th, you will only be able to watch Double Decker dubbed on Funimation now. Yeah, we had we had to finally bring that up. I mean, we uh, have to
1: eventually and <laughs> rip yeah. up the Guys, It yeah. was
0: gonna happen eventually. It was gonna happen. It was gonna happen eventually. It is what it is. Sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> we're but all still friends. We're all
1: still friends.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, So all three services offer both free and premium subscriptions, with Funimation's subscription rate being $5.95 a month, uh, Crunchyroll being $6.95 a month, and VRV at $9.95 a month. Although if you do have a VRV account, you can also link it to your Crunchyroll account and only pay $9.95 for both subscriptions. Uh, all All three do offer free trials, although if you use your... Credit card for those you do want to be uh, you do want to be careful to check your card towards the end so you don't get billed. And uh, with that, do you guys have anything you want to plug real quick?
0: Uh yeah, hi, I'm Megan. You can follow me at Twitter uh, at Queener Two, and you can hang out with me, Andrew, and Hardy on the Funimation Discord.
2: All right,
3: um, you can find me on Twitter at Roots of Justice, where I mainly just kind of retweet cute animal pics. Sometimes talk about. Re- General fandom stuff. Generally a good time. Why don't you come by, say hi? And um, I do have some ideas on what I want to do for my blog. I just need to get those on paper. Oh my so god, you're finally doing something with that your blog soon!
1: Holy hell, you know I love you, right? <laughs> You've been talking about <laughs> this happening. blog forever. This- I'm sorry, you have been.
3: I know, I know. <laughs> I've been itching to write again, and now that I have an actual space to do it, I'm gonna do it.
1: Hooray! Uh, as for me, my name is Stephanie and or Lilac, whichever name you call me by. <coughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter, Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E, uh, where I post daily shenanigans and fun stuff like that. And I also, this is the second time I get to say this, I, actually, speaking of roots and blogs, I actually started a new new blog for myself. It's a mix of general interests, whether it's anime, photography, theater, personal stories, things like that. Uh, So if you're interested in following my blog, it is uh, lifeandtimesotaku.wordpress.com. I only have a couple of posts over right there now, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm still. I really wanted to get back into writing, and I figured this is the best way to do it. So, stop on by.
2: Okay, and as for me, you can find me on Twitter at, Jet, at username Jet Zero infinity or at the where I will usually be talking about anime or cartoons or whatever I feel like rambling about. And you can also find me on my blog, Animation Infinity, where I will occasionally write things. And with that, we are basically done here for tonight. So thanks for checking around.
1: First, first yeah. recording of the fall season, ladies and gentlemen. God, I didn't think this was gonna go as long as it did, but then I kept making bad yes, jokes. Yes, you did. Yeah. You kept posting <laughs> gritty gifts in the fucking main chat. I'm sorry. He looks like a he looks like a muppet on anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the Elmo yeah. gif, and then the gif of Elmo with fire in the background, like, ha-ha! No, it's Gritty with fire
0: in the background. Fair enough. Okay. Look, okay, look, I love, nothing will ever replace my love of Thunderbug in my heart, because I am a hometown hero, but Jesus Christ, Gritty is the best meme of 2018.
2: <laughs> 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 okay, and uh, with that, we are basically done here tonight, so... Talk Donuts! Donuts!
1: Ooh, donuts,
0: yep, is, I
2: like donuts. Donuts, donuts donuts, <laughs> donuts,
1: donuts, donuts, donuts. Come on, chief, We need them donuts. You promised us donuts. After yeah. mom promised us McDonald's. You are not getting McDonald's.
0: That's
3: right.
2: McDonald's, McDonald's. McDonald's, no,
0: McDonald's. McDonald's, McDonald's suck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so to okay, so to all you listeners out there, have a good day, evening, whatever, and uh, be sure to take a vitamin good double decker. Ah, yeah, <laughs> <Good> night everybody. <laughs>
0: Attention all units Attention all units This is (laughs) I know how police scanners work (laughs) Uh. Attention all units Attention all units This is Megan from the Dub Talk Command Here to give you a This is not a news brief Fuck me Attention all units Attention all units this is Megan with the dub talk eight 8- <laughs> Ha Dub Talk Five O Dun Dun Just with the Hawaii Five O theme in the background. <clears throat> Our criminal has a couple of <laughs> I'm trying to do this seriously and I can't <laughs> uh, It's the blooper reel for the end of the episode, because there's two different takes of this. <clears throat> so any and all opinions expressed tonight may reflect on you as a whole. Let's <laughs> 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 start that over. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jamal. There's like three of these that you can use.